Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Some of my favorite mom quotes, maybe some of my favorite mom quotes on Mother's Day. Here's the, the first one. Yes, please get me a new cup every time you need a drink. Yes, please get a new cup every time you need a drink. Said no mom ever, right? You remember this as, as a mom? Maybe some of you already are living this. Before, I only allowed high-end shoes in my closet. Now all I own are Crocs and Target flats, right? Another one. Tucked my kids in the bed and said, I'll see you in the morning, Then we laughed and laughed and saw each other 16 more times before sunrise, right? Licked a dark smear off my finger and then thought, phew, it's chocolate. (laughs) I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like my husband. This is what my wife wife says to me. I slept in until 7.30, and now I have a clogged bathroom sink. All the candy is gone, and the playroom is a disaster. <laughs> Worth it. Right, moms? If you can sleep in until 7.30, that's all, that's all worth it. Um, my expectations plus reality equal comedy, if not, or crying myself to sleep, right? Crying myself to sleep. Uh, boys, less drama than girls, but har- harder to keep alive. <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't that true? So, happy Mother's Day. So, we're going to talk about a mom in the Bible, and uh, she's an incredible mom, just, just like you, and we're going to try to glean from some lessons from this mom, and really this mom's faith, and, and really for us, it's just looking at this particular mom and her faith and saying that that is attainable for us. That's attainable for us. What, what we see, and, and I know it's easy to look at, you know, stories in the Bible and go, well, that was that person, that was Moses, or that was David, or that was Hannah, or that was Esther. And, 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 and for us to look at them and go, that was them. God did something special. God did something unique. And that, that doesn't happen to me. Well, that is, that's a falsehood. That, that's a lie uh, from the enemy. He, he wants you to believe that. But the reality is, the truth of the matter is, is that what we see God do for people in the scripture, God wants to do for you practically in your life. He wants to do that in your life. And so we're going to look at a story, and it's found in um, the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings um, chapter number, uh, 4, verse number 1. It says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And so so here we are introduced to the certain woman, um, and and we don't really know uh, necessarily her her name, but she was the wife of a prophet um, who who knew uh, and had relationship with a, a very popular prophet in the scripture by the name of Elisha. God used Elisha in an amazing way. And so Elisha and this woman's husband had, had a friendship, had a relationship. He was, you know, in the ministry, if you will, um, you know, with, with Elisha, and uh, he died. He died. We don't really know what happened or how he died. He, he, he died. And, um, and so she comes to Elisha, 
because now the creditors are, are, are looking. She's now, he was the, the provider for, for her and her, her, her two sons, and, he, and he's now dead, and now the creditors are coming. Now, according to the Mosaic law, they had every right to do this. What they would do is they would force um, her, her two sons, in this case, force them to be servants for them, work for them for about seven years, and then they would be free from their debt. And so that was sort of a part of the law. It was, it was, it was a requirement. It was what, what happened so that, you know, so that this woman would, pay, would pay, you know, be able to pay her debts. If she didn't have the financial means to do so, her sons would be tr- treated as, as, as servants or as, as slaves according to, according to the law. And so she's pleading for her sons, just like any good mom would do. She's pleading for her sons, Elisha, help me, help me, help me, Elisha, help me figure this out so that my sons don't have to be slaves anymore. So it goes on, says in verse 2, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Pause. I, I just want you, just, just in a practical way, I want you to ask a mom that this week, what can I do for you, I think we've exhausted the point today that mom's doing an amazing job. What would happen if you went to a mom and said, hey, what can I do for you? This is not a part of the message. This is just, just, uh, just again, I think it would be great for somebody to say, what can I do? Maybe if you're here with your, you know, with your mom, maybe it would be a good idea to, to not just say, happy Mother's Day, but to say to your mom, what can I do for you? If my kids said that to my wife, their mom, she might pass out. What can I do? Look at me, Nathan. What? Don't put your, don't, don't put your head down. Look at me. What, repeat after me, what, mom, what, okay, um, what can I do for you? This was a sermon for my son today. I don't, you're just all bystanders of that, no. This would be a great question. So that's the question that she, or he, excuse me, he asked her, what, what can I do for you? And then the rest of the verse says, tell me, what do you have in the house? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Now, this is also a great question, and we're going to get back to that in a second. But this is a great question for all of us that will radically, I believe, radically make a U-turn in your life. It will radically make a U-turn in your home. It will radically make a U-turn U-turn in your relationships. It will radically make a U-turn in your finances. It will radically make a U-turn in, in your career and in the decisions and the choices that, that you make in your life. I'm telling you, if you ask, figure out that question, what do I have in the house? And he said to her, she said that your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Yeah, I, 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 Elisha, I've got, I've got nothing except I do have, I do have a little, a little jar of oil. This is what I have. And I don't know if she said this sarcastically or if she was just saying like literally, you know, what, this, is, this is all that, all that I have. 
this is all that I've got. This is, this is it. This is, this, you know, there's some value to this, which there was. There was some value to it. But it clearly wasn't enough to pay the debt of the creditors. And so she just says, I, I've, I've got nothing except for, except for this, this, little, this little tiny jar of oil. Now, here's the, here's the lesson for all of us. And I hear, this, is, this is an important point for all of us when it comes to our faith. When it comes to our faith. A little can go a long way when God is in it. A little can go a long way when God is in it. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the, the scriptures. If you are, you know some of these stories, right? You know when, when, when somebody like, you know, um, a little boy uh, who showed up to, um, just, just to listen to Jesus and he was a responsible, he probably had a good mom, a good mom that packed him a lunch. He, this little boy told his mom, I want to go, and I want to go hear this, this man named Jesus. He's doing some pretty amazing things. He's saying some pretty incredible things, and I just want to go and hear him. And so she packed him a lunch just like a good mom would do to send her little son out and to, to follow Jesus. And they get to a place where there's now thousands of people that are following Jesus and in this countryside, and and it's now getting late in the day and, and, and people are starting to get hungry and, and the disciples are going, Jesus, we need to send these people away because they're, they're, it's getting late and they're going to get hungry and they're not going to make it if they keep following us. And so Jesus, you know, they come up with a couple different scenarios like, hey, maybe we can raise enough money to get them some food. Nope, that's not going to work, you know. Uh, maybe there's enough resources there to, to feed them. Nope, that's not going to work. And so Jesus, somebody says, I think it was Andrew that said, hey, Jesus, some little boy has his lunch that his mom packed for, for him to come, and he's willing to give his little but lunch box with his fish and his bread in there to to you and Jesus is like yeah that will work that will work i'm going to give i'm going to take what this little boy has this little bit that this boy has and i'm going to do a lot with it what this little boy has i can do with it once it comes out of my hands it can go a long long way. Are you seeing the principle? It just takes a little. A little can go a long way when God is in it. And he took that lunch and they started passing out that bread and that fish. And you know the story. You've been in church. You already know the story. All thousands of people, 5,000 that we all know, we know there was probably more than that, were fed that day. And not only that, but there was leftovers. You see, God can take a little that we have and he can do a lot with it. A little can go a long way when God is in it. You, you know the story of Moses and Moses. God came to Moses and, and he was on the out, out, other side of the mountain of God. And God came to Moses through a, through a burning bush. And, and he says to Moses, Moses, I want to send you to my, you know, deliver my people out of captivity, out of oppression. And Moses said, I can't do it. Not mean. There's no way. And, and then God asked Moses a strange question. He asked Moses, Moses, what is in your hand? What is in your, what are you holding in your hand? And Moses says, well, I'm holding a, a, a rod. I'm holding a a rod. And, and, and you should know that, God. You're God. You should know that. And, and you know what God told Moses to do? God told Moses to take that rod and to lay it down, lay it down. 
And, and it turned, you know what happened? It turned into a snake. I know, crazy Old Testament Bible stories, right? And it makes you sort of want to turn off because you're like, that doesn't happen. I get that. But he, he turned it into a snake, and then he told Moses, by faith, he said, Moses, I want you to pick that up again. Now, I don't care if it's a gardener snake. I ain't picking it up, right? I ain't doing it. I don't care. That you're like, I know. They tell you they, it can't hurt you, but I don't believe them. Like, if it's a snake, I don't want anything to do with it. And so, and so he, Moses says, all right. So he, he trusts God. He trusts God. And he picks up that rod, and it turns back into a rod again. You know what was so familiar for Moses for 40 years of his life was that rod was that rod. That rod was his, his, his staff that he used to shepherd sheep, and it was so familiar to him. And do you know what that rod was referred to? That rod was referred to after that encounter? It was referred to as the rod of God. The rod of God. You see, what happened was is that Moses took what was in his hand and he laid it down for God. And then by faith, he picked it back up again because it was given back to him by God. And by faith, he picked it back up again. And so no longer was it just a rod in Moses' hands. It was now the rod of God. You see, God wants you to take what you have in your hands, maybe what's in your house. God wants you to take that, and he wants you to give it back to him. Why? Because even if it's a little thing, like a jar of oil, or even if it's like a little thing, like a, like a lunchbox of fish and bread, or maybe it's something, if it's just a little thing, like a rod, something that you know and recognize and familiar with, when you give it to God, God can do a lot with it. Because when you give it to God, when God is in it, a little can go a long way. You know David, right? David, David, he, he was, uh, showed up to bring lunch to his brothers. Uh, the Bible, there's a lot of eating. I don't know if you know this or not. Like, that's why us Baptists, we like to have socials and eat and things like that. And so David shows up bringing lunch to his brothers. And then there was this Philistine giant. I, have you ever heard this story before? His name was Goliath. You should read it. It's a great story. And so he shows up, Goliath, and he's, Goliath is challenging, you know, the, the God's people, the nation of Israel. And David's like, why, are you, why isn't anybody taking this guy out? Like, why is this guy, this guy's talking junk to, to us, and we're like the people of God. And whoever goes and challenges him, man, they're going to defeat him. Why? Because that's what God does. God defeats his enemies. That's what God does. And so, but nobody, nobody was wanting to do that. Nobody was wanting to challenge him. And so David's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And they, they probably all laughed at David. They're like looking at David like this kid, little runt, you know, like, come on, man. Like he, he, he's not even old enough to fight on this battlefield. He, he brought lunch to his brothers. You're going to go, you're going to fight this giant. You're going to seriously do that. And so I think probably as a joke, they're like, you know what you should do? You should put on King Saul's armor. And they're all snickering right behind his back. Like, and so David's like, yeah, okay, I'll try it on, you know. So he goes and he tries on King Saul's armor because he's willing to go and fight that giant. And David's just like, uh, I don't know. Oh, this is kind of big. I'm a little small, and King, you know, Saul's kind of big, and, and you know, this doesn't really fit well, and it's kind of heavy, and I don't, I don't know. You know what? I, I'm just going to take what I know. I'm just going to take that, my little thing that I know. I'm just going to take my slingshot down there. I'm just going to take that little slingshot that I have. David, do you need, like, some stones that will fit perfectly in your slingshot? Nah. I'll get down there, and I'll pick some stones up at a in a brook. And sure enough, you know the story. David took what was in his hand, that little thing in his hand. 
with the faith and the trust of God that God was going to bring him victory, that God was going to come through, that God was going to show himself faithful and real and powerful, and that's exactly what God did. Sometimes it just takes a little thing that you have in your hand that God can do a lot with it. It doesn't take a big thing. It takes a little thing sometimes. Maybe it's something that you have. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's a, an ability that you have. Maybe it's your, just your personality. Maybe it's just your, your work ethic. Or maybe it's you know, some skill. Whatever the case is, that God can just take a little thing. And God can take that little thing, and it can go a long way when God is in it. When God's in it. Man, we could go from story to story to story to story in the Bible of how just God just used little things to make a big, big difference. You see, what happens to all of us is this. We wait for what we want instead of working with what we have. We wait for something to come our way that we want. We think that's going to help or that's going to make the difference. Or as soon as I get that, then, then that's when I'm going to start doing what God wants me to do in my life. I'm going to start honoring God and showing myself faithful. I'm going to start serving and, and all, all the giving. And I'm going to start, you know, being connecting. And I'm going to start, you know, praying. And I'm going to start reading the scripture. Like if I could just get this thing, if this thing works out. But listen, oftentimes it's just about working with what you have. Working with what you have. God made you uniquely, specifically, wonderfully, fearfully made. He has made you exactly the way that you are. And there's a reason and there's a purpose for why God made you and designed you and created you to think the way that you think, to, to see the life in the way that you see life, to framework things in the way that you framework things. This is exactly the way that God made you. And God made you to take what you have and to work with what you have. And God can take, and you're like, oh, it's just a little thing. It's just not a big thing. But God can take a little thing, and he can go a long way when God is in it. When God is in it. Another principle that I think we can learn from the story is this. That we need to look for a lot of empty jars for God to fill them. We need to look. Why, where do we get that? Here's the rest of the story goes on. So here's the advice from Elisha. Elisha says, well, what do you have in your house? And her response is, I just have, I just have a little jar of oil. That's all I have. This is all I have that I'm in, in my house. And, God, and, and, and Elisha's going to tell her, listen, a little can go a long way when God is in it. A little can go a long way when God is in it. But then he tells her, look what he tells her. He says, then he said, go, borrow vessels at, at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Then look what he says. Do not get a few. Like, don't just settle on just a few. Get as many as you can. Get as many as you can. Then, he, then it goes on and says this. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. Next verse. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they were bringing the vessels to her and she, and she poured. Verse six. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. 
And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Now, here's the concept. Here's the concept. God wants you. God wants you. The symbol is this. Is this, this is what I've got. This is what I have. And he says, I want you to go and I want you to gather as many as you can. I want you to gather as many empty vessels as you possibly can. And I want you to take those vessels. Don't, he says, don't get a few. Get as many as you can. And I want you to take those vessels and I want you to start pouring your little oil into those empty vessels. And so symbolically, what she was doing is that she was taking certain situations in her life. This is symbolic for all of us. She was taking what little she had, and she was taking and bringing it to God and saying, God, I need you to fill what is empty. I need you to fill what is lacking. I need you to fill what needs to be provided. I need you to fill where I feel inadequate. I need you to fill where I feel insignificant. I need you to fill what I feel is insufficient. I need you to take. I'm bringing to you, God, these empty, empty vessels for God, for you to fill these up. And I'm just going to start with what I have. I'm going to start with little knowledge that I have or little understanding that I have. And I'm going to start with this little you know, sized faith. You know, like Jesus would say, you know what, what can move mountains? You know what changes things? You know what makes a difference? Is a, is a faith the size of a mustard seed. A tiny, tiny little faith, size faith. He says, a little bit of faith. You start with that. You know what happens? It begins to grow and grow and grow and grow. And so she's going around, her and her sons are going around to different people, her neighbors, people that she knows and saying, hey, can I have all the empty vessels that you have? And they're probably going, sure. I, okay, uh, I guess I was just going to put them in the recycling, but yeah, you can have them. That will you know, save my husband time to have to drag down the recycle bin down to the you know, driveway, so sure. And so she, they, she starts collecting, and, and they're bringing it in, you know, to the house. And this doesn't have to be a public thing. This, you know, as it, the story tells us that it was behind shut doors. So this doesn't have to be like a known thing or a public thing for God to do a miraculous thing in your life. This can be a quiet, private thing. This can be something between you and God. This can be something between you, God, and your family. But, but I'm telling you, God wants to do something amazing. He wants to take something that is void or empty or insufficient or inadequate. He wants to take that in your life, and he wants to fill it up. I don't know if you can relate to this, but man, when I got married... I was like, um, I asked my wife to marry me, and I was, I didn't know, maybe you did, I don't, I didn't know what it looked like to be the kind of husband that God wanted me to be. And so I was like, I, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask this woman to marry me, and we're going to start a family together. And I was like, God, um, I, um, here's how much I feel like I'm lacking in my understanding of what it looks like to be a godly husband. 
And so, God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to take on the responsibility of being the kind of man that, that she deserves and she needs and the kind of husband that, you know, is a, is a picture, an example of Jesus. And so, God, I'm just going to bring to you my emptiness. And, God, I'm just going to bring to you areas where I feel inadequate when it comes to my marriage. And, God, I'm just going to trust. I, I have a, a little jar of oil, you know. I had a good dad who was a good husband, so I had a little jar of oil to start with. But other than that, to be that for my wife was I needed a, a bunch of empty vessels that I was bringing before God. Are you with me? Are you with me? I, I, I need it. God, God, you need, to, you need to fill this. My attitude stinks. God, I need you to fill this. I'm selfish. God, I need you to fill this. I leave dirty stuff in the sink a lot. God, I need you to fill this. I'm, you know, I, I, I just, you know, get to a point where I, I, you know, I get frustrated. God, I, all these areas that I just needed God to fill where it was empty. And then, surprise, she's pregnant. And now I'm going, God, um, we're going to have a son and we're going to name him Nathan. And God, I don't know what to do with him. And then, and then they're like, oh, you're going to have more kids, Hannah, and then, and then you're going to have Sarah, and then you're going to have Andrew. And I'm going, God, I'm going to be a parent. Fill it. Right? I, this, these are just, this is what God wants to do. God says, listen, I want you to take, take areas in your life and say, God, God, here you go. Here you go. Here, here's, I, I've got, I, I want to be a, the kind of dad you want me to be. I want to be the kind of person you want me to be. I want you to be the, I want, I want to be the kind of, and then, and then God says, hey, I want you to, I want you to pastor a church in Wald Lake. I don't have enough cups to illustrate that. Because you started showing up, and I'm going, ah, fill that up. And then you started showing up, and I'm like, God, fill that up. I'm just pointing at random people. You started showing up, and then I'm like, God, fill that. And then you started showing up, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with her. Ah, that. And then you started, and you're like, I believe that the Bible is interpreted this way. Ah, God, you know. I have this political view. Ah, God. I have this, you know, way that I was raised and understand church. Ah, God, you know, and I'm just, I'm just taking these empty vessels and I'm going, God, you're the only one that can fill these up because I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate. I feel insufficient. I feel like I don't have what it takes. And God, all I have, <laughs> all I have to start with is a little jar of oil and God's going, that's, that's enough. That's enough. You take that little jar of oil of ability that you have and you bring to me. You bring to me those empty vessels, those areas. It's a relationship. It's a career. It's your finances. It's a hobby. 
It's whatever you do in this life. It's just saying, God, every single, in every single thing in my life, God, I need you to fill it up. God, there's, it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. God, in every single area of my life, every individual person in my life, God, would you fill me up to be able to adequately love them and serve them and be who you want me to be for them in whatever times our life interacts. God, I'm just bringing these empty vessels to you for you to do with only what you can do through me. And if we stop bringing the empty vessels, according to this story, the oil stopped. The oil stopped. Like, do you see the picture? The picture is, is that all she needed to do is bring as many vessels as she could possibly gather and that he would fill them for her. He would fill them. But if she limited, this is important, if she limited the amount of vessels that she brought to God, it would just, that's it. So it was, it was limited to the amount of faith that we exhibit, right? It's limited to the amount of faith that we, we, we say, God, I'm gonna trust you with this. I'm gonna trust you with that. I'm gonna trust you with her. I'm gonna trust you with him. I'm gonna trust you in that situation. I'm gonna trust you that, with that financial decision. I'm gonna trust you with my serving. I'm gonna trust you with my giving. I'm gonna trust you, you know, with, with my, my church community. I'm gonna just trust you, God. And, it's, and whenever we limit that, that's where our faith is limited. And God just wants us to bring as many empty vessels to him as possible, and he wants to fill them. If we stop bringing empty vessels to him, then he's like, well, that's, you limited yourself to what I want to do in your finances. You're limiting yourself to what I want to do in your relationships. You're limiting yourself to what I want to do in your career. You're limiting yourself to what I want to do in your, in your habits. You're limiting yourself to what I want to do in your, in your health, your emotional health, your physical health, your mental health. You're limiting yourself. It's bringing every, every empty vessel to God and saying, God, I know, I know that you're strong enough, you're powerful enough, you're able enough to fill what I can't. I'm me. I'm just going to start with this and I'm going to watch you fill them up. And that's exactly what God did for her. And it's exactly what God wants to do for you. It's bringing everything to the table of God and saying, God, this is empty. This is inadequate. This I don't feel like is enough. God, I just want to see you work in this, my marriage. I want to see you work in my health. I want to see you work in areas of my life that I never even thought to bring to you. But God, I'm bringing to these things to you now because I just want you to see that my faith and my trust is in 
you. And if I'm going to see and experience healing in my life, if I'm going to see and experience victories in my life, if I'm going to see and experience the blessings of God in my life, hey, you, you and I need to figure out how to bring a truckload of cups or empty jars to God. Because God wants to fill them. God wants to fill them. God wants to take where you feel empty and he wants to fill it up for you. You know, it reminded me of the butterfly and the bee. I know, you waited all week to hear this illustration and it's gonna disappoint, I'm sure. But you know, the differences between the butterfly and the bee are not much other than one significant thing. One, so, the, so the bee, the bee comes in, and you know how that works, right? The bee comes in, and it collects on its, you know, legs, and even has like a little, on its hind legs, like a little bucket, small little bucket. It collects pollen, right? And the bee moves from one flower to the other, and it pollinates all of our flowers. Bees are very, very important to our ecosystem. You know this. You remember this going, growing up in school. You remember how that, you know, so they're very, very important. They pollinate the different flowers, and we get different flowers that, you know, continue to grow, and, and food that we need continues to, to grow. As a matter of fact, without bees, did you know this? I don't know if you knew this or not, but I, it must be true because I saw it on YouTube, that... <laughs> That bees are, um, the, the only thing that helps tomato plants grow are bees. And if we didn't have bees, it would be very, very difficult to create, the, the, according to YouTube, that to invent something that would help pollinate and create and allow tomatoes to continue to grow. So anytime you eat pizza, you need to thank the bees. That's, that's my moral of the story. So bees are important. So they, they do that. They, they also, you know this, they also draw from the flowers. They also pull from the flowers. And, they, and they, they bring in, they drink in nectar, right? They drink in nectar from, from the flowers. And then they, they, they take that nectar and they go back to their, their hive, especially hun specifically honeybees. They go back to their hive and they take that nectar and they create honey. They create honey from that. Now, the amazing thing is it takes a, a, a lot, a lot of nectar to create honey, to create honey. It takes 10 pounds of nectar to create a pound of honey. But these, these bees, these worker bees go in there and they, and they go into their hive and they, they distribute the, the nectar into, the, into the, what we know, we know as like these honey cones. And they create this, this honey for them to survive throughout, you know, throughout the seasons. And they create so much honey that we're able to extract from the honey that they make. They, we're able to take from pounds and pounds and pounds of honey from them where they can still survive. We're able to take honey from them for us to enjoy. Who doesn't love honey? Right? I mean, so this is what... now. That's what a bee does. Butterflies, they do some, They also pollinate. They also draw from nectar. But the only thing that butterflies do is that they just draw from the nectar to fulfill them. What bees do, they draw from the nectar so that you and I can have enjoyment. What butterflies do, they just draw from the nectar so that they can be filled. But bees, I'm telling you, I just would rather me be a bee. I want to be able to go in and I want to be able to extract from God and 
go in empty and come out full so that I can be somebody that says not just a blessing or not just I feel fulfilled, but I want to be somebody that gives some honey to somebody else. Anybody else want to be a bee in the room? Yeah, like, yeah, that was, that did fall flat, really flat. I tried, I tried, I did my best, I did my best. It was set up too high, it was set up too high. But this is the concept. You see, when a bee goes in, it comes in empty. When a bee comes out of that flower, it comes out full. And it's full enough to be able to be able to share and to contribute and to extend out them, their, you know, the way that they work to all of us. And it makes a big difference. You see, when you go in empty to God and you come out full, not only are you full, but the people around you, but the people around you can be blessed. The people around you can, can experience from the goodness and the kindness and the generosity of God in your life. The people around you can, can draw from and see that God is doing an incredible work. And for them, and for them, they get to see, they get to see God work. And there's no greater thrill in our lives for, for, for God to do a work in our lives and for, God, and for God, others to see God working in and through us. That they know and you know you couldn't do on your own. So for us, I, man, I, I hope you're wanting to be a bee more than a butterfly. And then what happens is this. Here's the, here's the practical point. That we are to live on the overabundant generosity of God with gratitude. We're to live on the overabundant generosity of God with gratitude. Where do we get that from? Look what happens. Here's how the, here's how the story ends. Then she came and told the man of God, and, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt. Go, sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. You see, what God did for her is that he met her need and he paid her debt. And as a result of her being able to pay her debt, she had enough left over for her and her family and her sons to live on the rest. And for all of us, I hope you know that God has an overabundant amount of love and generosity and grace and kindness that he wants to extend to you. I don't know if you know this or not, but your debt, your sin debt has been paid for you. You know that, that he bought you with a price, that he paid the penalty of sin and death for you and I so that you, can, you and I can know what it means to be forgiven. You and I can know what it means to set, be set free from, from hell, from death, from sin. I mean, come on. What an incredible God that we have that just has given you an over and abundant amount of generosity. And God wants you to live knowing that your debt is paid and you want to be an extension of that love and grace and kindness and that extension of that generosity to a world that needs to see it. Live, live on that. But it starts with just something small. It starts with something small. And it's you going, I'm going to bring as many empty vessels to you, God. And it's watching God fill them up in you. 
and you living out the generosity of God with a heart of gratitude. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I shouldn't have it. But because of God's grace, he's extended it to me. He's extended it to me. And what you have in the house, what you have in the house is all you need. It's all you need. Because you know what the scripture says? The scripture says this, that we're like empty vessels. We're like empty vessels. And when we have received the generosity and the grace of God, you know what God did for us? He filled us with his spirit. Other versions you may have heard, like we're just jars of clay. And then we have inside of us this treasure of the Spirit of God, this treasure that is living inside of us. And you know what? You know what you need? You know what all you need? All you need is what is in the house. And what is in your house, what is residing in your in you, you know that you're the home of God. You're the home of the presence of God. I'm telling you, if you and I can realize that and understand that, man, we just gonna continue to bring our empty vessels to God, and God's gonna continue to fill them up. And all you need, all you need is to know. That all you have, all that you need is in the house called the Spirit of God. It's all you need. It's all you need. And that will make all the difference in the world. Let's pray. Father, ah, on this Mother's Day, we learn important, valuable lessons from a mom who went out in faith didn't just accept what the law said, but went out in faith and trusted in your grace. And she learned that it doesn't take a lot for you to do a lot in us. That a little goes a long way. And she learned that as many empty vessels that she brings to you, that you're willing to fill them. As many as we can bring, you're willing to fill them. And God, that she's going to live now on that generosity. After watching what you can do and watching what you're going to do in our lives, in areas of our lives that are empty, God, you're, you're going to, we're going to live on that generosity with gratitude every single day. Because all we need, all we need is what is in your house, inside of us, inside of our hearts. And that's your spirit your spirit that will do a work that we couldn't do, love in a way that we could never love, show kindness and grace and compassion without having your spirit, Lord, we, we're nothing. We're nothing. So I pray, Lord, for each mom here, bless them, encourage them, be with them. And I pray, Lord, that we make a U-turn in our life and trust you with our lives and demonstrate our faith by bringing every single empty area of our life to you for you to fill. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a happy Mother's Day.